0: From 87 Lafayette, it's CoronaPod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. We're recording early tonight. I'm pretty proud of us. uh, We're taking care of business, you know?
1: Well, you know, I think I'm trying to put a schedule of guests together for the whole week. Hmm. I don't know, it's Monday, and sometimes you're just like, I'm going to plan this week out. By the time we get to Friday, I'm sure it'll be like an unmitigated disaster with <laughs> you packing and getting ready to leave and everything, but you know, it's Monday, start off strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is crazy to think this is going to be my last week here for an indeterminate indeterminate amount of time, packing up Saturday morning, going to Nantucket for the foreseeable future. I don't really know. I'm a terrible packer, so i got to start making a list soon. I will say, I feel
1: like we don't have that much stuff. Like, the the apartment's big, but a lot of the stuff that we have is not stuff that you would bring with you, like books and things. So, I feel like, you know, you can kind of be pretty... You can basically go through every item you own over the course of the week and be like, do I want it, do I not want it, and...
0: You what's, what's either on. gonna end up happening is I'm either gonna bring way too little and have to rewear clothes all the time and do laundry constantly or I'm gonna bring way too much and I'm gonna bring stuff that is like totally unnecessary like books I'm not gonna read kitchen utensils I'm not gonna cook with you know maybe I'll try to bring the sectional I don't know
1: yeah I think yeah I would I would definitely if you had a choice between bringing kitchen utensils or books I think books probably probably has a higher likelihood of use. But my one piece Mm. of advice would be don't do what I did when I went to visit you in Nantucket, which is just grab a sweater straight out of the (laughs) wash and perhaps um, not realize that the sweater had not been
0: washed and in fact reeked. That was the most disgusting smell I've ever smelled. I mean, you smelled like a wet dog when you showed up to my house. My mom... Who would never say a bad word about anyone that we've got to wash out of sweater? It was sweater. It's so felt like a wet bad. dog.
1: I, and the thing is, I didn't even notice because I just like.
0: That's horrifying. I'm going
1: to put my brother on notice here, but my brother and I were sharing a room that summer and we were switching off who was doing laundry and he had done laundry and evidently had never switched the laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. So it had sat in the washing machine, and then I had asked him not to put it in the dryer because I wanted it to air dry. This
0: was like a Patagonia sweater, too. Yeah. So really, there's a lot of fiber in there. So
1: he just air dried it after it had just sat for three days, and it just was like a moldy. Once we washed it, it was totally
0: fine. Yeah, Um, But until then, oh my God, a really salty dog kind of smell. So yes, I'm definitely going to avoid that. Max, if you're listening. He's not. Do a better job with the laundry. Alright.
1: Well, I think we should get straight to it. We have a I really think we should yeah. we got a really great guest tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very excited to kind of hear the whole story. Hello, this is Elliot. Elliot, welcome to CoronaPod. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So we, we, we What day is it? Uh, it is Monday, May somethingth. Um, beyond that, I really...
0: Completely agree. lost count.
1: And if you if you ask me this question by Wednesday, I wouldn't be able to help you. But I do know that today is Monday, um, and that certainty will slowly slip away as the week goes on. <laughs> so we, we talked earlier, um, just to kind of get a brief sense, but why don't you kind of walk us through how... 2020 has gone for you from kind of the uh, the employment standpoint, starting with uh, starting with January, so we can kind of get up to speed on what you're doing now.
2: Sure, I picked a wonderful time to go into business on my own. Uh, I am a, a longtime human resources professional, having worked in corporate HR and nonprofits for, for something like 30 years, uh, and. In January, I opened up my own HR consultancy uh, and immediately began trying to network, and and I was doing a number of proposals and and things, Uh, and then the uh, world sort of came to a screeching halt around anything that wasn't absolutely necessary. Uh, I was very fortunate. I had been talking to an old social worker, nonprofit friend of mine who had started up his own entrepreneurial business. Uh, he has flashed on to Amazon as a delivery service provider, uh, and I think, you know, we discussed this a little bit, that Amazon's done it its own sort of delivery business trying to cut the big players, the post office, FedEx, and UPS sort of out of the delivery picture so they can pick up a little extra profitability uh, on deliveries. And so they've created the sort of network of providers uh, around the country, and my friend Rob... Uh, was one of them, and he initially contacted me because he wanted me to do some HR consulting for him, primarily around workforce development. Rob was all about hiring the unemployable, you know, folks coming out of jail, folks that hadn't finished their education, and he really wanted to figure out ways to reach out to those folks, help them get jobs, and then he also wanted me to work on a development program for them internally to make them, you know, quote-unquote, better employees to really build some workforce engagement with them. He wanted to design a incentive plan for them. So he had some very high polluting uh, human resources uh, goals that is sort of at the, the upper end of what HR consultants do and really interesting kind of HR work. And we started those discussions late February, early in March. Uh, Rob was slated to start with five vans on March 23rd. And he talked to me initially about, you know, Amazon wanting him to grow to 20 vans, before the early fall, maybe even 25 vans by the end of the year. So that was the beginning of March. On March 23rd, Rob reached out to me again. Uh, Amazon wanted to go to 20 vans by May. Uh, he needed help recruiting and onboarding people because he was just he had stopped interviewing. All of his interviewing is being done now remotely using uh, FaceTime and WhatsApp to do the interviews. Uh, The onboarding process is a little bit complicated because Amazon gets involved in background checking and and license checking and things like that. So keeping track of a vast number of applicants doing everything electronically and and trying to move them through the process was a lot for him to handle. So he asked me to help him to do that as well. So I started doing that for him. Uh, I also noticed that uh, my cash flow was not exactly rich. And I actually offered to drive a van. And I'm driving for him a couple of days a week now as well. I get to see what it is that we're incentivizing and how the work actually goes as well. Uh, Rob hit 20 vans last week. He hit 20 vans in April. And we just actually got off the phone earlier today. Amazon wants him to get to 25 vans uh, by June 1. So he needs to hire another 20 people this month in order to make that happen. Uh, he's hoping, and Amazon's encouraging him to go up to now 50 vans by the end of the year. So this you know, ex-social worker, uh, who whose career was built around you know counseling and disaster recovery and work in the nonprofit industry, is now a, a fast-growing entrepreneur.
1: Wow, this this might be the only positive story to uh, to come out of uh, COVID from a uh, from a capitalism perspective.
2: It is absolute. First of all, I am so fortunate to have connected with him because there's not a lot of, you know, listen, if you're an established HR consultant and your clients need some help, you know, this is the time when they need it. Uh, I'm actually working uh, for a couple other nonprofits. I'm not even charging them because they don't have any money. Um, but i have working with the Coalition for Behavioral Health and a couple of others just in terms of some general problem solving. But yeah, he, what Amazon is doing is. The only good news story, by the way, you know, every time we go out, you know, now that I'm delivering, people are ecstatic to see us. No one's ever been so happy to see me before. I mean, whole buildings, like look out their windows when I'm
0: coming. <laughs> so, tell, so tell us a little bit about what the process of delivering is like. It must be really interesting for you. You were initially sort of thinking about this just at the management level, but tell us what it's like day-to-day Delivering? What are you delivering and how's that been? Well, a substantial amount of what I'm delivering, I don't know what it is, because it's in closed packets. You know, clearly there are some big packages of
2: the toilet paper and paper towels that are getting delivered. Uh, I can vouch <laughs> for that. Um, it's really very, very, uh, very early part of my career was spent in, in retail, warehousing, and receiving. So I have a little bit of background with, with trucks and all. Uh, but Amazon is quite a system. You know, we pick up you know, 10 vans or 15 vans, leave from Rob's office, which is about a mile and a half from the Amazon warehouse, at 7 o'clock in the morning. Amazon has software that they put on the phones that monitors your safety. I mean, you're driving safety always. But now they actually, when you check in uh, to start your day, they ask you if you've taken your temperature that day. They're minded that you need to wear a mask when you're doing deliveries. They ask if you had any meetings and whether you maintain the six foot distance from your peers. That's actually all embedded in the software when you start your day. Uh, Rob, our delivery service provider, provides masks and gloves. He's got disinfectant spray for people to wipe down their vehicles, typically at the end of your day. Um, so that's all part of the process. But it's really sort of astounding. You know, dozens and dozens of vans pull over to the warehouse. They have them slotting with different time slots. So we're the early slot. I think we're, like, the first to go at seven. There's a couple of other providers that arrive at the same time. Um, the more experienced, and we just graduated, the more experienced uh, delivery providers actually drive into the warehouse where your goods are on, uh, on sort of rolling trays. That have been assigned to you with your route. So you pull your van in. I usually check before I get there. On the way over, I can pull up my route on my software and see where I'm going to be. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a big secret. If you want to look for me, they can. I've been delivering. Our area is at Great Neck, uh, Kings Point, Douglaston, and Little Neck. So you know, I'm getting pretty accustomed to the area. You can see you have an itinerary. It lays out each of your stops on a, uh, I guess the Google Maps, some kind of modification. Uh, The smaller boxes and envelopes are all in these sort of big, sort of foldable vats that you load onto your truck. When you get good at it, you load your truck so that you know which bins are in the front, which ones are in the back, so you can create space as you go along. And then the larger boxes are loose and you load them on the pack as well. I am not uh, the fastest and best delivery person yet. A typical day for me has somewhere between 70 and 90 stops and between 120 and 150 boxes with separate packages.
0: Wow. So uh,
2: That could be, and it, it varies in terms of difficulty. So some days there's an area called, I'll, get, I'll shout out to the terraces, they're all three-story walk-ups. And the instructions in all of them, they do not leave unattended so I get lots of steps on the days I'm delivering to the retailers they I wear my and I keep track.
0: Um, so how long does this how long does this take you? You're getting you're getting to the warehouse at seven, and well, you're doing now, you're 90 deliveries. So, so I'm just doing the math in my head. That's a that's a long day.
2: Well. To tell you the truth, it's supposed to be a 10-hour day with a half-hour lunch. It has never taken me 10 hours. So we don't leave the warehouse typically until closer to 8. It takes us a full hour between when we leave Roth's location to get to the warehouse to load up and leave. Because quite frankly, you're you're at the mercy of the slowest person in front of you when you go into the warehouse. If they're not ready to go, then you're not ready to go either. Uh, It's a lie. So... I usually leave the warehouse sometime between closer to 815 ish maybe, uh, and I guess my first stop between eight thirty and nine and got I am it. usually done by three
1: got it and And what you know we'll talk about kind of if you feel safe um, after, but what? is it that I should be doing when I'm waiting for a delivery person with my Amazon delivery? Is, you know, offering water is saying, like, this is the door code to my walk-up, just leave it inside the door instead of walking up to my apartment? What are the things that people can do to to make your life easier since, you know, I haven't left my house well, in a week and, and you're going out every day? I
2: don't want to be, you know, overly... Uh... Obsequious about this, but it's actually our job to do what you want, not the other way around. I mean, they pay us to literally deliver smiles, so to speak. <laughs> That's what they say. So, you know, I'm being paid to deliver packages. I'll deliver them wherever you want. It is helpful if your place is not easy to find. If you provide directions, there's room that you can do that on your order. There are people. You know, there's some people that have. Weird addresses, for example, or, you know, their houses are behind other houses. Um, If there's a way to not have, if you don't require that it be delivered to you in person, then letting people leave it at the front door or just inside the front door or, you know, whatever you can do with that is, is helpful. You know, if you say leave it inside the front door but there's no one there to buzz us in, I don't like buzzing every apartment in the building that someone lets me in. I'm not comfortable with that. Your driver can text you or call you. To ask for instructions, but the easiest thing is we can leave it on a front door. I did get a tip. I had to carry three fifty-pound boxes up to a third-floor apartment once. Um, that was not applied to did one at a time. I was not going to carry fifty pounds upstairs. Uh, but the woman was so upset. <laughs> I think she didn't realize I was going to be her delivery guy was going to be so old. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got a tip. Um, I've also had uh, someone gave me a bottle of uh, of club soda. Uh, I got a protein bar, Uh, but none of that's really necessary. Amazon actually today, about once a week they give out goodie bags with protein bars and water and stuff like that that you can take with you. Um, So, you know, again, it's our job, so you're supposed to be prepared with water and things like that. If you want to be nice, then, then be nice, but it's not really a requirement.
0: And so, as Adam said, I'm wondering, do you feel safe when you're out there? i mean you um, it's a lot of time outside your apartment, you're interacting with people I imagine at the warehouse, trying to stay distant. but you know, do you feel when you leave your home every day? do you feel confident that you're going to get back home having not contracted the virus? Well
2: a couple of different levels to that. First of all, the vast majority of my day, I'm completely by myself. I'm in a van. Most of the people I'm delivering to would really prefer not to see me, certainly not up close. So it's not like people are rushing to give me a hug when they me. that doesn't happen. Um, the only time I'm really in contact with folks is in the warehouse. And even then, they're, they're pushing really hard to maintain that six-foot distance. No one's helping me load my truck. I'm doing that myself. Um, so... There's very, very little close contact in the whole process. I am. Everyone's wearing a mask the whole time, so no one's sneezing or coughing on me. You know, I'm wearing gloves from the minute I start driving until the, the end of my day. I take, I change them when I grab when I eat my lunch. I change my gloves, wash my hands. Um, so I feel pretty safe. I got to tell you, also, you know, although I am approaching sixty, I don't really consider myself to be in, in any kind of high risk. Uh, I don't have any elderly relatives at all. i like have an uncle that I never see. But, so I'm not in contact with folks that I'm worried about getting sick. Uh, my kids are, are, are socially distancing away from me. Um, not that they'd be at particular risk either.
0: The only person
2: that I really miss is my girlfriend who refuses to see me because she does have elderly parents and she is with her kids. So I have not seen her in up in, in, well, close in a month, I guess, about now. Um, so, you know, beyond that, I, I, don't really worry a heck of a lot, um, I'm not gonna do anything foolish, but again, the bulk of my day is spent sitting by myself in a van.
1: So, one last question, you initially, you know, joined this company and started working with Rob to, you know, plan what an incentive structure would look like for drivers. Has your Mm -hmm. kind of idea of what that incentive structure would look like changed now that you are a driver and understand kind of what's top of mind or is kind of the hypothesis you had going into it the same now that you've actually done the job?
2: Not a completely fair question because I have been involved in shipping and receiving earlier in my career and I've designed a lot of different incentive plans. So it has certainly made me somewhat more informed at some of the issues that go into, for example, if you, get, you, you, always wanna, you don't want to always say, faster is better, right? You need to balance speed with quality, with safety. So I've had a chance to look at some of the metrics much more closely in terms of my own driving score, for example. It's really good. Um, on the other hand, my productivity is probably not as good as some of the other folks in terms of actual numbers of deliveries. Um, I have not yet seen what the client satisfaction numbers look like, but I know that Amazon cares deeply about whether or not we return packages at the end of the day, whether we got them all delivered. So I've got a sort of up close look at some of the barriers and some of the trade offs you make in these, but I don't think it's really changed my perspective, sort of overall. It's just given me a little bit more information to work with.
0: Got it. And one last question: You're spending a lot of time driving around. What music are you listening to when you're uh, when you're on the road?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I actually I, I get to choose my van every day. I I don't know bands particularly well, so I found there was one that was able to connect my uh, my to my iPhone properly with Pandora, and I can get it out of the speakers right. So I try to get that one every time. So I have Pandora on, and my I actually just added Eminem Radio to my shuffle. My shuffle is getting very boring. So my <laughs> shuffle has: I have Nick, um, I have Johnny Cash, I have Eminem, Van Morrison, Springsteen, Southside Johnny, ah, Carol King is still on there, and then uh, Mumford and Sons radio. I believe those are my stations. I don't think I skipped anybody.
1: Excellent. Well, if you uh, if you deliver a package outside of your normal Long Island uh, Great Neck uh, haunting grounds and uh, make it over to Fort Greene, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for you, and we'll keep our ears open for uh, you know the uh, the beautiful sounds of our uh, of the boss, the man from Jersey. <laughs>
0: that sounds great. That's Thanks, Elliot. Uh, I got my own Amazon delivery
1: today. That must be, yeah. I wonder if there's anyone who's ever delivered to themselves. But thanks so much. Um, drive safe, stay safe, and uh, thank you for bringing smiles to all the people who are ordering uh, all sorts of Toilet stuff. Paper. Toilet paper. Uh,
2: Amazon will be very happy to hear you say that. <laughs> You're very welcome.
1: Have a great thanks,
0: night. Guys. Bye.
2: You too. Right, bye bye.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure Bezos is listening, so uh, I. I'm sure we'll get a congratulatory call from him after this. Saying thank you so much right. for the good PR. Right
1: after Columbia uh, makes their correction and gives us the Pulitzer we deserve. Yeah, I can't
0: believe that. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, we've been broadcasting for fifty episodes. Fifty episodes, fifty one. You know, this is a good moment. We didn't actually at the beginning of the episode. Amateurs, welcome our listeners into. Season, season two. Season two. I feel like we should have some music to go along with that or something. We don't have that. That's fine. But season two, more great stuff coming to you. Really exciting things. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good a good season. Probably, definitely top two top of the uh, Pod. This is Tim Corona Pod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Corona Pod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.